build compelling real-time apps quickly and scale them globally with the PubNub real-time network. Only PubNub delivers the core building blocks needed for any real-time application. Find out for yourself by signing up for free today. Visit PubNub.com. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. It's time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 148. We're recording this live Saturday morning. That's September 21st, 2013. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. For those of you taking note, that is the nation's capital. That's the capital of Canada. And with me, from the capital of Ontario... Toronto, that is. Yes. Uh, it's Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. Yes. Welcome back, Asif, to Canadian soil. Uh, I was in Europe uh, this week, so I was, uh, let's see, I was in uh, Amsterdam for <laughs> it's one of those, right? a cup of coffee with uh, uh, PJ Verhoff, who runs our, uh, our chapter over there, just to catch up, and uh, en route to uh, Cologne uh, in Germany, so was there for the uh, App Days conference uh, and the, the official launch of the LBMA uh, in, in Germany. So, we, I mean, we had a Berlin chapter going, and now we basically uh, are launching across all the German-speaking world, Austria, Switzerland, etc. Um, and, yeah, so it was, it was interesting because in Germany, things are a little different than they are over here. Legal system's a little bit different. So we can't just set up chapters, apparently. We've been told that we have to, like, have a formal legal company in Germany. You got a little bit, yeah, yeah. So, so now we have a this legal company, and there's this whole little process, and you got to have all these, you know, founding members sign off on this to form an association in Germany and whatnot, and whatnot. But it's done. So we're there. So I had to go there for that, and uh, all is well. And then on my way back, I went to Glasgow, Scotland, and uh, spent some some time there with uh, uh, Callum Haddo, who uh, you know I think you you've you've met or you've talked to as well. Yeah. So. He's a guy who's been doing a lot of research uh, as part of his university thesis on location-based marketing. And he introduced me to a guy named Mark Sorsa Leslie, uh, who is from Scotland, spent a lot of time in Finland, just came back to launch a company called Basewarp, which is going to be our app discussion today, and I'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. Yeah, so that was last week. How long were you there for? Like a cup of coffee here, a cup of coffee there, and then you flew back in yeah, time for this? Yeah, I, I, left, I left Sunday and came back on, uh, I guess, uh, on Thursday. <laughs> so, uh, and that's just the beginning. Yeah. We, we've talked about Asif's crazy uh, travel schedule as he goes and becomes, you know, he's the ambassador of location. Um, so he goes around the world and does these things, but you've got an even crazier week this week. Yeah, this week's insane. So, so uh, yeah, so I came home Thursday. I was home like, basically yesterday, Friday, and uh, here we are Saturday morning. I leave again tonight, Saturday Saturday night, and I go off to San Francisco for uh, the uh, digital marketing and big data exchanges, which are two side-by-side -side events running together. Uh, so I'm speaking at that on Sunday, and then jet off to uh, Calgary, and then the drive up to Banff for the cross media uh, event up there. Uh, do that, and then hop on a plane uh, to down to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, 
on uh, Tuesday for the uh, food service industry, the giant uh, FS Tech and uh, FSMU uh, events, uh, food service, social media universe, and uh, all of that, which is going to be crazy. I mean, this is just like a massive industry show. Um, and then back here on Wednesday. That's all I'm by Wednesday. Pit. Wednesday night I come home because I'm speaking Thursday in Toronto for the uh, IDEX uh, conference, which is the uh, Design Institute uh you know, conference. So they look at uh, store design and store experience and all this other stuff. I see, man. I don't know how you do it, but I, I'm, I'm out thankful of breath just thinking. About it. Yeah, I'm what? out of breath just thinking about it. Well, I, yeah, exactly. And <clears throat> I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. But I, I got to know, like, very quickly about Europe. Is there anything that struck, grabbed your attention? Uh, you know, we're going to talk about base warp, but uh, was there anything that really grabbed your attention? Um, you know, from the last time that you were there to this time, is there anything, any industries that have accelerated? Well, I think overall we're seeing, uh, uh, you know, sort of a, a similar path towards, you know, adoption of, of location-based services. The German market, uh, where I spent the most time on this trip, is, you know, there was a lot of cool technologies in the room. Uh, you know, they, there were some exhibitors. There was there was a lot of thing, a lot going on. You know, the uh, the guys from indoors that we've covered in the past, the Vienna-based guys, they they were at the show. Um, and one of the things that was interesting, as I was talking to Bernd, uh, the guy who uh, is one of the founders there, he was saying that they're starting to see some success around their indoor location technology in uh, government and public service situations. So like safety, safety applications, yeah. right, and things like that. So it's not just all retail. And, and you, can, you can see how that would work in, in, you know, kind of the, you know, German world, right? Like that's, you know, they're much, you know, they're much more focused on, you know, these kind of corporate big data, you know, enterprise applications, you know, the SAP type stuff of the world than, than they are consumer, you know, uh, crazy stuff. So so that was nice to see. The Google Glass guy, uh, there was a guy from Google, uh, well, a developer, a uh, third-party developer that builds an SDK around Google Glass. Uh, um, they gave a, a really good presentation on kind of use cases and, and the potential of where this stuff's going. Made you a convert? And, yeah, I mean, I was wearing it, walking around, and uh, you know, I'm I, I'm I'm impressed. Like it, it's, I'm not sure I'd wear it every day, but I, I see the functionality uh, and the use case of how it would benefit me every day. Yeah, uh, it's the form factor that bothers me, but the thing is super comfortable uh, to wear. The um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's uh, it's really interesting in terms of what you can do uh, with with uh, that type of interface uh, that you don't have to be you know down here looking at your device typing anything in. It's all in front of you all the time. Uh, you know, it just I don't know makes sense. Well, this is a I mean, we're entering this world one way or another. You know, the form factor is going to be something. Whether you know, I'm just going to wait for the embedded uh, contact lens, right? So you put it on your contact lens. And yeah, it exists though. Like he yeah. he was he he showed that in his presentation. We did. It's there. The only thing that's not there with the contact lens is 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 the uh, the audio piece, right? Mm -hmm. So, but the visual part of Google Glass exists in contact lens already. Um, it's you know so obviously now we have to figure out how we do the blue the Bluetooth from the contact lens to the earpiece right and then and then you're good to go. <laughs> just why not? Just instead of going around and connecting with Bluetooth, just go right through my eye into my brain. You might as well you know, jack me up yeah. through Google. Yeah, I'm a walking yeah. Google. Yeah, well, you know it's, you it's it's fascinating. I mean, I, I've uh, I played with the uh, Google Glass and. Um, you know what? Uh, the experience is great. Like the whole, I, the notion of it, right? Uh, but then as you're walking yeah. and you pass yourself in a mirror, like I'm not a vain guy, clearly. But 
But when I pass myself in the mirror, I just look at like, you know, I had that moment where I'm like, who's that dork? Oh, wait, that's me. Right. You know, I, I can't get over that. Right. So I, I think that yeah. there's got to be something a little bit more and, and the price point well, of $1,500. Well, 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 but that's only the developer piece yeah. uh, edition. Right. So he was saying that, uh, that, that from all indications, the commercial like public version of this thing will be available by the end of first quarter, this coming first quarter. And the price point that they're talking about is four hundred dollars. Yeah, but that's so, still more expensive than the glasses I used to see. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. C- compare that to buying an iPad or a you know what or an iPhone or whatever. Like it's 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 around the same thing. It's right? Yeah, it's yeah. comparable. So yeah, well, I think Anyhow. it's it's interesting. I, I love I you know I, I think that uh, more and more people are going to try this out, and uh, you know if it takes, I think that's what it takes is like this grassroots marketing effort to get one person at a time to wear them, and then you'll, you'll become a convert. But then don't go past a mirror. Buy it before you go past a mirror, because then you'll have buyer's remorse if you do that after. Fascinating. Yeah. All right. Well, see if we got a jammed show. Like I think we could, we, we should have, um, you know, just a, an a, an auxiliary episode just talking about some of the observations that you've seen. Like so, we've got these stories, right, that we go through every week. Yeah. But boy, it would be great to just sit down and talk about what you know the changes in the industry, and maybe we could do that sometime when you're not traveling as yeah. much, right? You know, or when you are traveling, it'll be you know a good break. But um, we definitely have a jam show. Uh, we got our app of the week, six great stories. Our guest today is David Shalaby, who is from TapTrack. We've mentioned him a couple of times and their company a couple of times in previous episodes. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the death of NFC, as well as uh, certainly a little bit more about TapTrack itself. A great resource, a Lowe's case study, which is amazing. Um, I, I love hearing the successes about indoor location like Lowe's. And I think that these guys are uh, certainly aggressive. We put them up in that scale, right, of companies, retail companies mm-hmm. that are starting to adopt mobile and in a serious way um, and all that preceded by this mobile minute by Chuck Martin uh, this is really in relation to another story that we're going to come up a little bit later around uh, B2B and then the emergence of mobile and B2B Chuck was explaining very early on that he uh, he would talk to B2B companies and they would say mobile won't have an impact on my business and uh, lo and behold a couple of years after he started talking to these companies B2B is finally B2B businesses are finally trying uh, you know emerging in the mobile market I think they're a couple of years behind as we'll see in a couple of stories here but this is Chuck Martin in our mobile minute talking about B2B finally waking up to mobile. Time for another mobile minute. Uh, Chuck, what is going on in the B2B world when it comes to mobile? We never talk about this. Yeah, uh, B2B. I, I've been here for, I can't even remember how long. All these B2B people say, well, mobile doesn't affect me because we're a B2B. And mobile is really just for consumers, which just strikes me as making absolutely no sense at all because the same people who are doing B2B are also consumers. So they're they're having these expectations for mobile and they, they transfer those expectations to their B2B environment. And now there's a new study up um, for Intershop by, by Vincent Bourne, the research firm, and they interviewed 400 senior IT execs uh, and decision makers from merchants, B2B people, and they found that 51% already use mobile as a sales channel and two-thirds plan to, and this is in the B2B world. Um, and, and what's driving this is an, an enormous percentage, like 81% see customer demand and expectations. That's based back to that consumer drive um, in terms of what's driving it. And two-thirds look at at, at basically uh, crediting a mobile device use. So obviously there's a huge opportunity in B2B. They didn't know it. You saw it. Where are the opportunities for entrepreneurs to play in that space these days? 
Well, what they need to do is, and, and they're going to start doing this, they're, they're actually going to be using it, using B2B via mobile, just like they're using it traditional online, except it'll be real time so people can place orders by phone, uh, by tablet, so it's not just phones. Um, they can they can track their inventory by phone, it, and this is all B2B behind-the-scenes stuff, and, and that's where a lot of the big money is. So that is Chuck Martin and our Mobile Minute. We're going to be covering a little bit more about B2B further on in the show. I think the it's the third story of the show with a company called Exact Target. So before we get into the stories, what are we doing? We're talking about this app. You had an opportunity to visit Scotland. It was in Scotland, right? Was it, it was in Scotland, yeah. Edinburgh. So talk about this. Uh, it's Base Warp? Base Warp, yeah. So, so this is, uh, as, as I mentioned, a, a bunch of guys that uh, spent you know, most of their time in the last few years uh, in Finland, around Nokia, and all that kind of world. They're, uh, Mark Sorcelesley, the guy that I sat down with, uh, is from Scotland. He's moved back to basically to launch this company. And uh, it's really interesting. So, so they basically built a, uh, you know, let's call it a, a test version of this for the Edinburgh uh, Turing Festival, which is a big conference that happens uh, every year over there. Turing is in the guy, you know, the, the programming language guy. Um, and, um, you know, it, I, when I saw this app, I, I was, uh, I, I just got really excited because you know how much I, I value you know the combination of of location and and content right for me you know uh you know I, there's so many deal sites and and coupons and this that and the other thing which you know it doesn't really motivate me or get me excited personally uh you know that works for some people but i like this idea of combining location and content and that's kind of where base warp sits so so when i saw this i i was really excited um, and, and it kind of it reminded me a little bit of Broadcaster and Spun, you know, that we've talked about on this show, Scott Lindenbaum's companies over in New York, you know, where you know you would you would leave an audio message or a video message tagged to a location. Uh, so it has elements of that. It has elements of banjo um, and, and other things like that that aggregate content from from other services in terms of photos and videos and things like that. But what's a little bit different about Base Warp is Base Warp is you can, you can create. Um, uh, and, and you can create groups, if you will, and leave content uh, publicly uh, for everybody, privately for, for specific groups. It, it can be temporal, so you can say this content only lasts here tied to this location for the next hour and then it's gone. Um, you know, so there's a lot of different things that you can do with this. Um, and it's just a really, really, uh, you know, interesting way to, to bring content. And then it's got push notifications built into it as well. So if you are part of a group, uh, and, and, you know, there's certain pieces of content that are important to you, you know, those can be, you can be, get notifications when there's new content, you know, being pushed into that group. So they call these things bubbles, like you create these bubbles and leave a bubble there, uh, with this content. So it really, really fascinating way to combine some elements of, of some things that I think have, have already been successful in many respects. How do they, and this is available on Android, and if you're interested and you go to uh, Basewarp, Basewarp, B-A-S-E-W-A-R-P.com, yeah, how do, how do they, did you talk to them about how they're going to socialize this? Because it's always one of these things that this is based on volume, always, you know, these plays about location and uh, and content. Um, like, do they have any idea how much yeah, it's going to so, cost Yeah, so, I mean, them? like with the, like, well, it, it's kind of like with the Turing Festival. They don't see this as you know mass consumer uh, adoption per se. They see this as you know tied to events, tied to uh, you know convention centers, tied to you know properties where there's things going on where they encourage you to download this app as part of the you know uh, the fan experience at a concert. 
as part of the you know being uh, you know an attendee at a trade show you know you download this app to create content to ex to experience content that's part of that event so it's not like something you just go out and uh, you know everybody's doing this I mean I think that would be great uh, and I think you will get some of that but I think there you know in terms of distribution and creating awareness around this I think it is about tying this to uh, you know to, to events that are happening in general uh, very cool. Android only, basewarp.com, B-A-S-E-W-A-R-P.com. Great, great, great app. I look forward to getting that on iOS. Um, certainly, you know, within iOS 7 and the new iPhones and those things would be good timing for them to get on to this. Coming this soon. Platform. Yeah. That is the app of the week. Go to basewarp.com. We're going to jump into the top three stories. Then we are going to actually uh, break these stories up with uh, Dave Shalaby from TapTrack and uh, finish off with the last three stories. So the first one this week... Uh, so, you know, I, I never really understood this, you know, the reach of Facebook, but it's a, it, everybody's trying to understand how they can leverage Facebook as an advertising platform to drive more revenue. So they launched something called the Telco Outcome Measurement. Uh, this is Facebook in order to be able to literally they, they are they are the number one mobile platform when it comes to activity on mobile. So they're a, they're basically bringing this anonymous data into I mean, obviously into Facebook, and then they're they're going to ultimately uh, help telcos and carriers to convert and sell people new devices as a result of this and, and services as a result of this data. Uh, and they, you know, the the numbers are staggering around what how the, the conversion rates when it comes to you know uh, the ads on the right hand column versus the ads in your stream versus the ads in mobile. I mean, and mobile is right now winning. But I always thought that listen, you know, this is um, about converting people and getting them to buy devices but i you know for me i always thought hey you know what why is this important and aren't you know aren't purchasers tied to you know contracts length of contracts and isn't it just about when the device is launched that's really when all of a sudden people convert right that's it seems to be like the i you know i the iphone 5s launched this past week and that's really where people are waiting for it. So I don't know how much carriers can use Facebook data to convert somebody midstream in a contract. You know, you know what I mean? This this seems a little out of scope for for Facebook. Um, yeah, I mean, this isn't the first thing I think about when I think about Facebook, for sure. Uh, you know, it, it, it kind of struck me as as a little bit uh, strange, but. I mean, they have the data. Uh, yeah. They're looking for ways to start to generate revenue off this data. Um, and if carriers are willing to pay them, um, then, hey, let's take the money. Now, uh, I mean, some of the numbers are really interesting. So, I mean, they had in here that 90% of people who made a purchase after seeing an ad on the social network never actually click on the ad. Right. That's kind of interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is only about impressions, um, you know, on, on Facebook, apparently. Uh, you know, I was a bit shocked by that data, but yeah, I mean, I think this is. I kind of agree with you. I, you know, it, it's. Um, you know, I I buy a, a new device because I want a new device. I, yes. I, I'm not influenced by an ad on Facebook. Uh, Especially not like when I'm looking at it on my mobile device to go and be inspired to go into a you know a carrier store or something and go and buy another mobile device. I, you know, I, I yeah. think this is it's just it's just odd, right? Yeah, unless that uh, unless you can you can take that data and and you can uh, you know like this this is anonymous though so like I I don't you know unless you could tie this to individuals and say hey you know we 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 want to move you from Android to iOS so you know here's uh, and we know your you know most of your devices are over here and we're trying to convert you know your last two devices over to iOS well 
Yeah, I mean, it's so, so I struggle with this thing. So it, it's um, it's definitely outside of the realm of the normal Facebook for me. But uh, like I said, if, uh, if if they can package up some data and the carriers are willing to pay for it, then hey, well, kudos yeah, to Facebook. And, and that's a weird, uh, I mean, it's, it's weird. Let me describe this to you. He says, at the core of telco outcome measurement is Facebook's mobile reach, which provides us with aggregate and anonymous information about devices, operating systems, and carriers. We know that. From this starting point, we can establish tests and control groups to determine how and when an ad on Facebook correlates to certain actions, such as a group of people switching to new handsets, tablets, or carriers. Like those aren't those aren't those aren't things that happen as a result of ads. You know, you know, I I don't see that happening. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't jump from from my carrier Rogers to Bell simply because an ad pops up. And how many times does Bell spam your mailbox, your physical mailbox, with "Come back, we love you," and it doesn't spur you to action? So it's a weird thing that 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 they're yeah. doing here. It's a uh, it's a misuse of probably yeah, I don't, good I, data. I, I, yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, maybe we're the, we're the minority or something. Like we're <laughs> we're not influenced by you know our, our device purchases are influenced by ads on Facebook. Like, no. First of all, I, I'm like hardly on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, you know, to begin with, so. Um, you know, ads over there aren't, aren't really uh, influencing me uh, whatsoever. No, uh, I don't know. Well, and and you know, if you see the all the ads for the Blackberries at ten, you you quickly realize that they don't work, right? Because nobody's buying the that way, product. Full, full warning to the audience today, like Rob and I, you know, yeah. this this isn't the the positivity show, right? No, no, no. So that's why I'm bringing so, up Blackberry. Yeah. 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 There you go. Um, yeah. Right, what, well, what, did they, what did they? What did they announce yesterday? They're canning forty-eight thousand or forty-eight hundred jobs again. They're, yeah, fifty percent of their workforce, fifty percent uh, of their operating costs, and, and a billion-dollar loss. At the same time, the Grand Theft Auto Five, I think it was Grand Theft yeah. Auto Five, generated a billion dollars in revenue in three days. Crazy. Yeah. Wrong. Crazy. Business. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. I feel for uh, I feel for Rim, but I don't because uh, their CEOs are a bunch of asses, right? Those guys, co-CEOs. Anyways. That's going to set the tone. Under, second, under story. second story. Second story. See, zipments. Zip, zipments. Uh, so this is a, uh, a Chicago-based company, uh, I think. Yeah, Chicago-based. Yeah, Chicago no, no, New York-based company. Oh yeah, they're funded yeah. by Chicago Ventures. Sorry, right. my apologies. Right. Yeah. Uh, raised two point two five million from these guys called Chicago Ventures, um, which is uh, part of a thing that was called the I two A fund. Uh, for those who track these sorts of things. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, basically, it's a it's a mobile app um, for finding a courier near you <laughs> in New York. It's only available in New York at the moment. And and uh, yeah, uh, oh sorry, New York and Grand Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, and moving into Chicago <laughs> soon. Yes. Yeah, because that's where they were originally founded. So, anyways, it's a mobile app, uh, and you you they hook you up with local couriers that are near you in New York and Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, yeah, this is supposed to be amazing because you know couriers are you know hard to find, and uh, you need one. It is, and uh, and the key here is is that this isn't just anybody like you know Joe picking up your stuff and delivering it for you. This is like professional couriers. So they said, as they said, they, they liken this to, they said, this is the Uber of the courier business as oh opposed God. to the Lyft, which is, you know, a, an Uber competitor that uses just regular, regular or driver like just Joes. anybody to, uh, regular driver Joes instead of professional drivers. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, th th this is, this is just like, really? Like we need this? Why? So basically, Chicago doesn't, Ventures doesn't, doesn't, Fed, doesn't FedEx and UPS have like um, 
couriers? Yes. And don't they have mobile apps? And you you know the Canadian Postal Service is now pushing their their value as the the you know the gift distributor for for Canada. Um, this is basically Chicago Ventures being duped into investing in a courier business. I, I don't. I, this this is this to me is what every what is wrong with this. This is not. This is not about same-day delivery, which is what the label is, because couriers have been doing same-day delivery since couriers were invented, right? Bike couriers in your city. Yeah. Remember that J uh, um, Kevin Bacon movie where he was a bike courier back in the 80s? Like, this is this is mm -hmm. not new. This is absolute bubble bullshit. I cannot believe these morons invest in a courier company. Like, you know, congratulations to Zipmints, man, because wool pulled over everybody's eyes. We are yeah. not a career company. We are the Take Uber. your money and run, man. Take your money and run. Yeah, exactly. Like, run the hell out of town. Yeah. Morons. This is a moronic story, right? I'm going to come. you got to invent something. Like, I'm going to be, like, the first mobile carpet cleaner, right? And we're going to do a but whole wait, app. Here's what I don't get. Here, here's what I don't get. Like. Like there's some serious players in the, in this investment group. Yeah. Like this is like like not idiots, right? I mean, these are people who have made lots of money. I mean, you got, you know, you know, the New York the New York City Economic Development Corporation has money in this. Like what? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's like uh, I just I don't even know what to say to this. It like good on Zipmans for doing this. If they do something that's different than other than actually taking a package and routing it to a courier in the city. Like, I don't even know why they're only in New York. This cannot be hard to actually say, hey, we've got 30,000 couriers, because that's exactly what it is. And oh, by the way, we can aggregate all those 30,000 couriers. And if you need a, uh, you know, something shipped in the same day, we can actually you come into our app, we take a percentage of the sale, and we do a referral fee to any of these couriers. That's what they're doing. They charge 10 bucks. And it's just crazy. And they're only in New York, and they're moving to Chicago. It's this is idiocy. Two point two five million dollars, and I've seen great companies that are innovative, that are changing the world from the ground up, who can't get ten bucks from these stupid investors, and they put money yeah. into this. Like shame, shame. Yes. Shame, shame, shame. You know, yeah. I always think back to the the heyday where I, this great story during the dot com bubble, where this guy who was a convicted felon in New York moved out to California, raised about $30 million, hired the Rolling Stones to play at his launch party for $20 million, and, and they didn't re they, there was no correlation between this. He spent 20 of his $30 million on his launch party. And I think, I think of that whenever I think of something like Zipmints. Same-day shipping is the same as a courier service. There's no value there. Yeah. Zero value. Man. Right. Right, if you're interested, go to Zipmints.com. Tell them we say hi, and congratulations. <laughs> oh. All right. All right. Number our, three. Our third one. So, Asif, why don't you take this? Exact Target uh, adding location, uh, their, their location-based platform. This is something that they, they're going to yeah. launch in the first quarter of 2014? Yeah. So, for, for me, this is a, uh, you know, sort of good news, bad news kind of story a little bit. It, it's, uh, you know, Exact Target's big company, part of Salesforce.com. Um, and they're launching a whole bunch of new location-based features. So you got, uh, you know, MMS push notifications. You know, a whole bunch of stuff going on in here. Uh, you know, like geofencing and whatnot. Um, you know, all layered into their platform. So uh, this is awesome uh, in, in a sense because, you know, I, I think we we've been struggling for a long time to figure out how this stuff comes into the B two B, you know, sort of enterprise application world. 
you know, and I've always felt that, you know, like Salesforce and things like that, you know, makes sense to, to include location-based capabilities. Like, hey, you know, you're out on a sales call in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and you're looking for a courier. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, why not send a push notification through um, to your sales guy out there uh, saying, hey, you know, you know that, uh, that deal you just signed, why don't you go find it? Zip mitts over here and uh, send the package to the head office. Um, I'm kidding, uh, but 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 that that ability to uh, to to have you know these location based features integrated into big enterprise software like like Salesforce, like email uh, you know uh, messaging platforms and things like that make a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I and I guess my 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 surprise is that it's taken this long uh, to get there and and and. and and we're not even there yet. It's first quarter of 2014. Uh, so, but but the feature set and and, and the capability that the, they're talking about makes tons of sense. Yeah, uh, location-based messaging, rich push, MMS, something that they call journey builder integration, which is interesting. Uh, which uh, which they define as um, to interact with customers when they are most likely to convert, purchase, or engage with your brand by sending personalized content via real-time SMS, MMS, push, rich rich push, and and mobile email. Um, yeah, you know, this is really what, what Chuck was talking about at the opening piece about mobile uh, on the mobile minute was that B2B, I, it's almost like they're two years behind the rest of like the, the consumer side when it comes to, to mobile integration. So, um, you know, RJ Taylor, who is the uh, VP of mobile products, says mobile is fueling a transformation in business that holds incredible opportunity for companies to connect with their customers in entirely new ways. Like that would have been revolutionary to say four years ago. It's ho hum to yeah. say now, but maybe in the B two B market. Um, and I think the only challenge that I have here is that they're using the language that a lot of mobile marketers used a number of years ago, which was "We're going to push things to you. We're going to get you to come in." And he he finishes that quote by saying, um, "You know, with the addition of location based messaging and multimedia messaging, which maybe I've never really been pushed any multimedia message that has been effective, especially when I'm concerned about bandwidth stuff, but." Uh, you know, you know, multimedia messaging was a, a a buzzword two and a half years ago. It's not anymore, especially when it comes to a marketing piece. But he says that, uh, you know, location-based messaging and multimedia messaging to our leading mobile product lineup, Exact Target continues to pioneer the technologies marketers need to deliver a true one-to-one -one experience that builds customer loyalty and drives sales. Like that is a whole bunch of buzzword that that really didn't make sense back then. Doesn't make sense now. Uh, but I've, yeah, I, I think the the thing you have to keep in mind here, though, is just th these are companies whose platforms are used by thousands of uh, yeah. of of enterprises today. Yeah, and you know when when you're in that business, uh, you know part of that deal is is as much as you're trying to find new customers, is, is the biggest thing is to try and keep the ones you have. Big and and uh, you know and and the battle that you're fighting is is to make sure that you're providing new feature sets. That you know provide the things that those existing customers want to do, uh, and, and and try and keep them from moving to some new startup emerging you know guy that's going to try and take that guy away. So so for me that's where you know this kind of stuff sits, and and the fact that they're you know they're building this into big enterprise stuff makes a lot go. of sense to me. You know and and going back to my my trip over to Germany in the opening comments, like this kind of stuff is the kind of stuff that you know markets like that you know I I think love because it, it's. You know, it, it's about just tying in location into everyday ways of doing business. Like yeah. this isn't, you know, like from, from a you know B two B perspective. I'm, this isn't, you know, about you know privacy issues with consumers uh, worried about their data, right? Like this is, you know, stuff that you know we, we actually use because you know this is what our company wants us to do.
Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I think that the the B two B market emerging, and you know, I'm not I'm not I'm definitely not picking on exact target, and and I think that this is we're going to start to see this much more. And there's huge opportunities. You heard Chuck talk. We about. get less other people to pick on today. Exactly. So th this is good, and, and I mean, I think if you're interested in go and take a look at exacttarget.com. My only caveat is, listen, um, never lead with technology. If you're a marketer, never lead with technology, and and then find a way to leverage that technology to push to your to your your customers. What you have to do is lead by the value that you provide your customers and find the technology that fits into that hole, right? And, and I just think that B2B right now, the way that uh, that RJ Taylor's talking is that he's talking about pushing technology on consumers or on his customers as opposed to finding their value that they can find through mobile and then, then fitting in there. So mm -hmm. I think... You know, this is great because it'll keep guys like you and I working for quite some time when we try to help shape these B2B companies and bring them into the mobile world. Um, but th this is a good start. Yeah. You know, it's a little late, but a good start. So exacttarget.com. There you go. First three stories All right. done. Our guest today is uh, David Chalaby, who is the co-founder of TapTrack. Uh, I opened up with a question around the death of NFC because iOS uh, 7 just came out and it has, we talked about this uh, last week with iBeacon and what does that do to NFC, even though there's a half a billion phones that are going to be uh, by the end of next year that are going to be NFC enabled, what does that mean for NFC as a payment platform as, as, as a future when, when the iPhone doesn't uh, actually have it in it? Um, and then we talk a little bit about TapTrack itself. I get a little bit of lowdown about what they do. So Dave Shalaby from TapTrack. My first question to you, though, David, is NFC dead? We've been hearing the rumor of its death, but it just nobody believes that anymore, do they? Yeah, I think, you know, rumors of its death are greatly exaggerated. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, no, it's no doubt that, you know, Apple's uh, continuing sort of non-adoption of the technology has set it back on the consumer front. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, when, unfortunately, NFC may live and die by payments, um, and that's sort of where iBeacon may disrupt things. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit slower coming now on the consumer side. Apple definitely is a is a bit of a, a sort of a, something that's going to impede it a bit. But but it doesn't mean that the technology is dead as far as not finding any applications at all. They just might not be the most consumer-facing applications. Interesting, and, uh, and that's what I want to get into because everybody has been focused on that payment. NFC, if it fails, it's going to fail because it's not a payment platform or it didn't get adopted as a payment platform. So I'm really interested to talk to you about the other applications of NFC, the stuff that isn't as sexy as payments, but the stuff that people are using it for today or will be using in the future. But before we do that, I got to know about TapTrack. Tell people about what you do. I got to understand also why get into the NFC fray. But first of all, what is TapTrack? So TapTrack is sort of NFC platform as a service and solutions providers. So if you wanted to do an NFC web application, we give you the basic ingredients of the platform that you need. So de describe that, an NFC web application, go ahead. So you know, you tap a tag and you get either some content offers, or it could be something industrial like calibration information, maintenance history, facilities uh, inspection history, all that, all that type of stuff. And we give you basically a platform that facilitates the majority of the functionality you'll need, the redirecting, the gathering metrics, what type of phone, when they tapped, by whom and where, and all that good stuff. And then we allow you to modify it and customize it to your application. So we give you templates and the code examples and an API that you can plug into and then leverage the common functionality that we've developed 
perfectly for your application. So it's, it's a platform as a service, and it also comes integrated with hardware. So you don't have to worry about third-party hardware tools. We integrate hardware. So tag reading, tag writing, tag encoding, even tag emulating can all be done through this integrated uh, sort of one-stop system. So give us a quick example of, uh, before I even go there, I just love it. Um, you're in Canada. Yeah. Yes. And you know how we know that, because if you look over your right shoulder, there's a, a very prominent Tim Hortons cup ah, in the background. I yes, love it. There you go. There you go. Can't yeah, get out uh, of plugging Tim Hortons. You're in Toronto, right? Uh, that's yeah. where you guys are. Yeah, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I love Canadian companies that are just, you know, certainly innovating in this space. But uh, so back to the story. I just had to bring that up because Tim Hortons. Yeah. Yeah, my mouth is watering. Um, so tell me, uh, give me an example of, of something that, like the perfect example for you guys, uh, you know, to apply your technology to. Well, a great you know example is maintenance equipment of maintenance, uh, whether it be HVAC systems or test equipment, you know, like meters and gauges. You know, NFC can really solve the issue of having to carry around binders full of specs, but also you know not having the burden of having to look up. Am I looking at the right spec? Is this the maintenance history of this serial number or the other serial number? Am I so? It's found a home and in, in sort of an industrial application there. And again, with TapTrack as a platform, as a service, we give you the basic ingredients. So think of it like a cake. We give you the base ingredients of the cake. You add the icing. Make, mm. it, make it taste and look however you want. And, and, and maintenance is just one taste and one look to it. Um, and because of the flexibility of the platform, it can easily suit that vertical without redesigning an entire product or having them redesign it or implement the platform from scratch. So you know the typical use would be a piece of equipment comes in, the, the, the person in charge of maintaining it uses our integrated hardware and our software web platform, boom, encodes a tag in one second, puts it on the piece of equipment, and then immediately associates with it technical specs, user manual, calibration history, and whatever, and maybe who has it checked out. A lot of companies check things in, check things out. So it would be nice if you could just walk up to it, scan it, get all the recent specs and the specific calibration history of that specific piece of equipment. So that's one vertical where I think it's an elegant solution. The issue that it only reads at three, four centimeters, which is a feature, not a constraint, right. actually is leveraged in that scenario because I don't need the maintenance equipment of every piece of equipment I'm walking by. I just need the one that I'm working with there. And, and the other interesting part of it is there's no issue with consumer support, right? A B2B enterprise vertical will say, okay, here's the device. We'll train you how to use the device. And and there's no issue of I don't know how to scan it, I don't know what to do with the technology, I don't know how to turn it on on my phone. All that is handled in a highly vertical application. So that's really the bread and butter of TapTrack. I, I love it. And you, I mean, this is assuming that uh, the device has an NFC reader and, you know, whatever it is, there's something affixed with an NFC tag on it, right? Uh, so you don't provide any of those things. You're the middleware between those two. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you got to ask yourself the question, okay, now we have RFID-like technology. Yes. In mobile phones, yep. what segments, what use cases, what applications now become feasible that we don't have to buy an industrial-grade RFID scanner for every single user? You know, how can we leverage it existing? So that's just one great example, right? Where was there a case where that was a, the, the, the deal breaker was the cost of the additional readers? Yes. And now that that's integrated into a phone, which is then used in other applications in the enterprise, where do, where can we what customer segments can we address now? That is David Shalaby, who is the co-founder of TapTrack.
Uh, great, great little company. One of the things that uh, you'll you'll see in the episode is that he's actually been um, accepted into this NFC uh, incubator in Amsterdam. So he's leaving at the end of October to go to Amsterdam for uh, you know ten weeks, and we're going to do a little follow up while he's while he's there. Uh, pretty pretty cool. Um, so uh, I thank David for allowing us to use that here, and of course being a part of Untether.tv. Yeah, and just just one comment on that, you know, on sort of the, the, the notion of the death of the NFC. One of the other things that came out this week was Google, uh, who's been a big proponent, and Google Wallet in particular, you know, with Android and, and, and based on NFC, basically has said, hey, you know, we, we're, we're seeing what Apple's doing, uh, and, you know, we understand that, you know, the market can't, is not obviously at this point going to be going all NFC. So they basically announced that Google Wallet is will will now be available on iOS uh, and and on all devices. Um, so, you know, it just it just says you know and, and, and further you know comes down to to that idea that you know it's, we're not ready for one single technology no. yet and uh, and certainly not going to be NFC. No, you know what's funny is that uh, throughout the conversation with David, we talk about uh, these closed loop closed loop payment systems, which is basically iTunes or PayPal and. And uh, same thing with Chuck Martin on a couple of these upcoming mobile minutes. We talk about these things. Is that I just don't understand like the simplicity of of the closed loop closed loop systems like yeah. iTunes and and PayPal make it very easy to do your payments right now without any technology. And I think that exactly again, we throw technology in for technology's sake, and it confuses the, the issues. So. Uh, Fascinating times we live in, but that's a big move by by Google to kind of disengage from NFC and bring it over to uh, to iOS. They understand they need to do that. Yeah, and I'm interested to see, and, and I'll we'll, I'll try and get one of these guys on the show shortly. But uh, I'd love to hear what the ISIS guys have to say now. Well, they lost. Uh, Who did the they US, lose? Just, they lose Citibank. Which or? Is, yeah, which is I mean, so this is the big carrier consortium in the yeah. U.S. that was completely based on NFC. So yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's see where that goes. And uh, but ISIS, yeah. ISIS just lost. I think it was Citibank that just pulled out of ISIS, wasn't it? Um, so, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's all it's all falling apart. Hey man, I do miss a few things when I'm on the road. Just yeah. just 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 so we're clear. Okay. I don't even know how you keep up with anything while you're on the road, man. That's uh... all right. <laughs> So that was so uh, you know if you're interested in this if you have any comments about what you think about the NFC if you have any questions about NFC uh, please reach out uh, robertuntether.tv or see at the lbma.com or through the various Twitter or any other way that you can do it uh, we'd appreciate your comments on that back at the stories man all right number four all right number four so this is a Canadian story uh, DMTI Spatial a big location intelligence company uh, here based here in Toronto. Uh, has partnered with the Electrical Safety Authority. So this is another good B2B story. Yeah. Uh, seems to be like we're on the B2B show th uh, today. Um, and so ESA is basically using DMTI's Location Hub platform um, kind of on two fronts. You know, one is is, is to you know help find local uh, licensed electrical contractors. Um, you know, through through this system. So it's it, it's a location based lookup uh, you know service uh, for for finding these guys. Um, you know. Through, through the internet, uh, through their website, you know, through through mobile, uh, you know, mo mobile browsing and all that kind of stuff. But the other piece over this too is is it's also they're using the same technology on the back end in the call center as well. So even if you're you can't get online, like your you know electricity's down and you can't get on the internet, <laughs> you need a contractor. Um, you can call these guys and they can they can find you a local contractor from the call center side using the same platform. So so they've got this this back end system basically that's 
you know, all about GPS data and, and, and location targeting to find, you know, this, this contractor when you need one. So this, I, this is just a, a simple but effective, I think, use case of, of how you can leverage location in a, in a good B2B way. Uh, go Canada, dmtispatial.com. I like that story. Uh, simple, right? Simple and effective. Simple wins, man. Yeah, I know. Don't complicate stuff. Don't think and project what you want. Just provide a service that the people that you're trying to service want. And that's what DMTI yeah. is. I like that. ESA. Right. So if you're interested, DMTI Spatial. Um, or you just uh, do a Google search for Electrical Safety Authority. And you'll find uh, stories. And, and there's so that. many other applications like this. Insurance, yeah. adjusters. Everything. Doctors. I mean, all this kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But couriers, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know what? They probably could do it. They could do it better and they wouldn't charge you. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Okay, so right. from, from a great story, Canadian story, to this. Um, this is the launch of something called uh, Speak Geo, and I'm going to do my best to describe this. This is our fifth story. Uh, this is a Canadian company. It's based out of Toronto. Um, but this is a, a, um, a location-based, uh, I, I don't know, complaints department is the way that it's, it, it, it's, uh, it, the way it's described, in, in my opinion. Picture this. You're walking down the street and you see, this is how they describe it, a kind of a dilapidated old house, you know, there's garbage on the street and, you know, there's, you know, it's basically, as, as the founder said, it's like a crack house and you want to complain to somebody. So you launch the app, Speak Geo, and you tag its location and then you create a, basically a complaint and it goes to the appropriate city hall official or government official and, and uh, you can create petitions and you can, then what happens is it can get rerouted by a letter so your complaint can be dropped off in the mailbox of the, the house that you're complaining against or the business you're complaining against and so this is supposed to be basically changing the world kind of one location at a time and uh and i this i i i'm kind of speechless with this is that uh you know this is something that that uh can never work will never work because you've got such huge social networks like facebook and twitter that will take care of these things and there's a process in government that takes care of these things in your city and the last thing like we did this right we, we were cleaning out my mother's basement we have this garbage that accumulates with a lifetime of, of you know, of basement dwelling, basically. And we put it out on the front. We put it out two days prior to uh, prior to garbage day uh, last week. And uh, we got a written citation from the city of Ottawa saying, hey, listen, you know, you put your garbage out too soon. I didn't know they did that, but it was a warning. So there are there are things that, that you know, if there's a crack house in the city, I'm pretty damn sure if you know about it, the cops know about it, the city knows about it. This just seems like the most ridiculous thing to build. And then he goes out and says, First of all, he doesn't launch it in Canada. He launches in Washington, has a huge press gathering, and I don't know how many, I don't know what huge means, but he did it in Washington, announcing that, hey, listen, I can easily get funding from the traditional Silicon Valley venture capitalists for bringing my product to market, but I wanted to first give the average Joe for whom this site was created an opportunity to participate in its successes. And after four days, as of this morning, he's raised a total of $497. This is a ridiculous idea. All of which he spent on his flight to Washington and back to, to launch this thing. This this I, I, <laughs> this is this is a ridiculous idea. This this is just something that that the guy does not understand what this platform is enabling to do. And and the idea that he's trying to build a social network about complaints. The city already has this stuff. Everybody's already doing this stuff. Get out of this. I I, I don't get this. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm right with you, and I hate to slam a fellow t Torontonian, uh, you know, uh, Sumit Mehta, the guy, the guy who's uh, who's behind this thing. But yeah, I mean, like this, like 
what do you think Facebook and Twitter and Ushahidi and all these other things we've talked about that are, you know, about citizen engagement and, and uh, you know, connecting to large social networks and creating, you know, uh, drawing attention to causes and I report at CNN and, uh, you know, all, all these things that exist that are, you know, you know funded, yes. big companies behind them, governments behind them. Uh, you know, and, and you're going out saying, "Hey, the average Joe is going to fund this thing because," and you could, you know, like, no, I mean, come on, man, like, the, the, yeah, like, the, the, there's this is not going to work. I'm sorry, this is just, yeah. But then, then Asif, I'm thinking about this out loud, and then I think, hey, listen, a courier company just got 2.25 million dollars. <laughs> Go talk to those guys. Go talk to Chicago yeah. Ventures. They'd yes. be like, oh, it is a courier company. We need something that's innovative. And it's never been done on Kickstarter before. It, maybe they, maybe they, they could get each of the couriers to install this app, and the couriers could, could wait, be wait. the ones telling you where the crack houses are. I'm writing down this idea. See, this, yeah. this, 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 there's got to be something that comes of this, right? Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in this, go to Speak Geo. There's a video. I was uh, going to play it, but it's just not even worth it because it's a dumb idea. And this is our opinion. I mean, of he talks about it here. Like, like no, here, in the press release, it says. You know, as the capacity of the technology is improving and expanding, it will offer its users the options to register to vote, link organizations sharing affiliated goals, make political contributions, and even launch acts of civil disobedience. If that is the <laughs> final recourse, like what are you talking about, dude? Like, first he, of all, he went from, from, from Krakow to Syria. Yeah, people don't vote. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, right? Like voter turnout is terrible, in like Canada. in in, in North America. Like it just doesn't happen, um, you know. And and the political parties and the, and the candidates are out doing their best to to make this happen. So, you you know, like that ain't gonna happen. Um, you know, organizations sharing affiliated goals. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Like unions? Like, what are you talking about, man? Like, uh, uh, I don't you know, know. what? I, I, I don't I'm gonna it. let's let's organize a civil disobedience rally against this application. And for you who have yeah. contributed four hundred ninety-seven dollars to this on on Kickstarter, oh, stop listening to the show! Come on, we, we we know where who that is, right? Mom, dad, and yeah, yeah. No, stop listening to the show. Yeah, my goodness. Okay, launch. That's it. Speakgeo.com. We will never speak of that until it goes bankrupt, and yeah. then we will we will uh, have a civil disobedience. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. And, and and if somehow this thing happens, Rob. Yeah, I quit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I will eat a I will eat a deep fried Mars bar. I am I am I am out. <laughs> hey, you know yeah. for for like you know deep fried Mars bar. One thing I, I went to a, uh, a like a basically a smoke shack right, which is a big barbecue you know southern barbecue yeah. which is cropping up everywhere. I swear to God, I had the best thing ever received. I, and I have to tell you this: it was I, like I'm not a macaroni and cheese. I'm not a deep fried guy, yeah. but macaroni and cheese balls. They're macaroni and cheese, breaded and deep fried. Yeah. If you've if you've never had that, yeah, I've had it. Oh my God crazy heaven all right i'll eat one of those but yeah. if this thing actually takes off i quit i'm out i'm done yeah i'm gonna go into gardening all right yeah. our, our last story if you can believe this and then i have one that i want to talk about right after this so i'm gonna add a seventh story spontaneously and it's a good story because i'd like to end on a good story so why don't you talk all about right. intersect uh partnering with weave and then i'm gonna bring up my last story yeah, so you know, this is another uh, sort of B two B deal between two companies. So Intersec is a uh, Paris-based um, network location service provider. So they're kind of um, 
a little bit like PlaceCast uh, in some respects with some of the functionality they have. And they partnered with Weave, which is uh, what used to be Project Oscar in the UK, the uh, became Weave, uh, which is effectively the ISIS of the UK. So this is the carrier consortium around uh, consumer engagement um, for, for those who are on everything everywhere, uh, O2 and Vodafone in the UK. Um, so collectively 17 million uh, opted in uh, customers across that network today. Um, and this is about, you know, enabling, uh, geo-targeted, uh, SMS. Um, and I think the story here is that that network was powered by PlaceCast and now it's powered by Intersec. Yeah. So there's, they're, they're making, they're making a shift here. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think this is, this is about kind of being closer to home a little bit, uh, for those guys. And I think, you know, I, I think they're, there's some interesting, you know, functionality uh, changes in, in the way that Weave's going about, you know, their operations. Originally, that that platform, like ISIS, was centered on payments. Uh, everybody understands that the consumer market isn't ready for that yet, um, and so you know, the what they do want though is 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 deals and coupons over this network in, in an opted-in, you, you know, uh, framework where I say I care about this brand or I care about this particular category. Those are the things I want to hear about. Um, so th this is really just a change in back-end technology platform uh, for Weave. Um, and I don't know whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, but, uh, you know. Right. Recognizing that, that uh, the consumers aren't ready for the payments world right now, and it's so scattered, it's so fragmented. And, uh, you, know, you know, I think this is probably a good move to pull back a little bit and get people used to engaging in this way, and then you can start to bring in payments at a later date, right? Like there's a natural evolution of this, and, and everybody seemed to just go right to payments. Um, yeah. And then it just got so confusing for the consumer and they pulled back. So I think that this is probably a good way of doing it. Um, and it, you know, I think that that's interesting about Intersec uh, replacing PlaceCast. I think that uh, maybe that's a little bit of nationalism, which is fine. Um, but uh, but that's I think that's the big story here, as you said. So those two pieces, right? The fact that they're pulling away from payments and uh, and they're, uh, they're exchanging uh, technology partners. Oh, I like that. There you go. Yeah. All right, so my, my seventh story here, see, before we get to the resource, is about Bump, right? We've talked about uh, Bump yes. many times, and Dave Lieb, he's been on, on Tether.tv a couple of times. A little, little acquisition this week? Yeah, and, and I like this. Like, uh, you know, I have a huge uh, man crush on Dave Lee because uh, he's like he's one of the smartest guys around this. And he talks about uh, cognitive overload and, and the, the thinking that goes into his applications about removing that from a human perspective is that you got to make things very simple in the user interface, the experience, and the way that it interacts. And you can hide the complexity in a bump and everybody thought it was Bluetooth. And I mean, this is a, like it's a very complex problem that he was trying to solve by just kind of with, with, with the mandate of removing cognitive overload, making us stop thinking about how we use these tools. So Dave is a great mind. And I think that this acquisition by Google, we don't know what's going to happen to Bump or his new app, Flock, uh, his photo sharing app. But um, Dave's mind is absolutely perfect for Google. I think that it, it's like it's a missing link in the mm. Google chink. And I, I absolutely believe this is, you know, what, whether it was $30 million or $60 million for the acquisition, it doesn't matter what, what Google got was Dave Lieb and, and the mind. And uh, f for me, that is, a, that is a huge win for Google, a huge loss for everybody else who didn't manage to, uh, to secure Dave's services. And I mean, that's an Andreessen Horowitz funded company, another exit for those guys, but huge congratulations for Dave. And, and, uh, but I think that having him in Google will absolutely, I mean, my respect for Google has already risen as a result of them uh, bringing on Dave. Uh, yeah. So uh, congratulations there. And I, who knows what happens to the app? 
but but really, um, you know, it's uh, it's a huge loss to the entrepreneurial community, but a huge gain for Google to get uh, to get Dave. Wicked, wicked, awesome. So congrats. That, that's all I wanted to say. I have to leave this with a positive note, and that's 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 uh, that's a good news for a good guy and a good team. And I think that uh, you know Andreessen Horowitz made a couple of bucks. Yeah, you know. Yeah, whatever. Those guys. All right, those are the seven stories. Uh, you know, this this was a harsh episode, I think, for some people. And if you disagree or you agree, we'd love to hear from you. So reach out, robinuntether.tv or seif at thelbma.com or at seifarkhan on Twitter or at Rob Woodbridge on Twitter. We've got one last piece, which is a good news story. We love case studies. I love showing how companies are leveraging location and mobile inside of stores. And here's Lowe's doing that exact thing, which is wicked. Yeah, this is awesome. So, uh, you know, uh, first of all, uh, you know, our, our friends over at Street Fight pulled this one together. So, uh, you know, thanks to them for for yeah, Stephanie know, Miles, yeah, over, for uh, for doing that. Yeah. So, Lowe's, uh, you know, they they had a conversation with uh, Sean Bartlett, who's the head of mobile strategy uh, over there and platforms at Lowe's, and you know, they they basically added a whole bunch of location based features to to their app. Um, you know, the, and you know, the, this is a you know a retail organization that believes that. Uh, mobile is is key to uh, to their business that believes that uh, you know consumers are, are are gravitating towards that and and they wanted to leverage some of the functionality. So there's a stat in here: 39 percent of, uh, of, of of shoppers now using smartphones and tablets to research products and compare prices in store. Uh, you know, which is kind of interesting. But uh, one of the things that they they've added in here is that. When you launch the app, you can select your your home location, like your closest Lowe's store, and then you can uh, basically find product, uh, you know, down to the inventory level uh, by shelf and aisle number. So it tells you exactly where to go uh, in the store to find what you're looking for. And and for me, this is interesting because um, you know I was I was at a conference a few weeks ago, uh, local search conference, the Kelsey conference, down in in Austin, and I was talking to a bunch of the guys that are you know in the click to call and call analytics industries and all that kind of stuff, and 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 they were talking about the value one of the value propositions uh, that you know they see as, as kind of key to their business is people are people don't typically just walk into a you know we're busy people we don't typically just walk into a Home Depot or a Lowe's and browse and 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 wander around <laughs> like you know we go we go to these places because we need something like there's there's a you know you know we need to buy light bulbs or we need to buy you know uh, a drill bit or we need to buy whatever it is um, and what we do, what we can't afford is to simply drive up to the place to find out that they don't have the thing that we need and and so click to call as as the guy was telling me is, is useful because you know if if i can just click on the you know if i can search for the thing i'm looking for online and then i can just click and it, and it connects me to the to the to the guy in the store to say hey do you actually have that thing in stock and i can get an answer it saves me a trip if they don't and and this is in some respects takes takes that step out of the process because you know you can you can, it's direct connection to the inventory it's telling you exactly where you know where that stuff is in the store and if it's available or not uh, without having to do any local search I mean it's just it, it's it's the branded app so yeah. you know I like this I think this makes a ton of sense uh, and and he was saying twenty percent of their overall traffic now at Lowe's is mobile uh, which is I think is a pretty big Staggering. number yeah yeah. And you know, I, I, what, what he said. So Sean said this. He said the ability to see the customer's trip to the store, whether it is planning or starting to use the location features in the store, is important. Anything we can do to make it more efficient, uh, you know. And I think that um, I, I, what I found very interesting was this: that uh, the ability to see the customer's trip to the store. 
So here's an app that you you know as you said you build you build the list of the things that you need in the app yeah. and then when you get to the store it kind of points you in the direction of where it would be but it's that it's in the building the trip to the store and I think that they can expand on that in an incredible way like pre-ordering so you just basically click and, and it's uh, your your orders there for pickup um, or having somebody like even customer service right having somebody when you walk in notify that oh you know what Rob's here a little creepy but you sign up for the service and there's a greeter at the door that yeah. will walk you through the store to be able to get you the stuff that you need uh, like I'm not a handyman I try um, but I, like I don't know the difference between certain types of woods or nails and like so it would be great if I could have a guided tour like a schedule you know like the, the, you know the uh, when I walk in I've got a two o'clock appointment and they're gonna walk me through the store to get the things that I need in order yeah. to do those things so there's huge layers of service that you if you know like precog if you know what I'm there for what I'm coming mm -hmm. in for there's a huge opportunity to over service me right and I think that that is the key especially with these faceless nameless stores big box stores like that and I like this uh, the great summary by Stephanie Miles who uh, wrote this the associate editor at Street Fight said uh, the features that Lowe's has introduced as part of its latest mobile app upgrade are helping the retailer combat showrooming without falling back on discounts or coupons which we hate uh, yes. proving that hyperlocal features can provide a significant return on investment regardless of the size of the retailer and I, I echo that wholeheartedly and I think that they're getting it and I think that this is the first step so kudos to Sean great 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 case study up on uh, on Street Fight if you have an opportunity to go and read it there's a link in my show notes and there's probably a link uh, in Asif's as well so uh, please go and support yeah. those guys great 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 partners of go. ours but also we love bringing these success stories Wicked awesome. That's it. One forty-eight in the books. Yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel cleansed, right? I feel like, look, I got a whole bunch of bad chi out, and next episode's gonna be all positive, right? No guarantees. <laughs> no guarantees. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. That is it. We'll be back that for episode it. number one forty-nine next week. Uh, Asif, uh, as you collect your air miles, uh, we appreciate the effort that you do, becoming the the lord of location, the ambassador for this industry, and uh, and <laughs> please, please travel safe this week how's that thanks rob and, and and a quick shout out to like uh you know to uh some of some of our new members this week please uh, you know the indoor atlas guys we've talked about before they're Great. they're uh, they're on board uh alliance data became a member of the lbma this week the big loyalty uh platform company that runs air, air miles and all that kind of stuff around the world you know i like it because i collect those things um <laughs> um yeah, and uh, yeah, we're and Snap Trends, uh, which is a company that uh, is doing some pretty crazy uh, location analytics around events, uh, uh, kind of like Venue Labs, Moment Feed, all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, welcome to the LBMA, guys. Welcome, 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 welcome. We're also accepting sponsorships for this podcast. Yes, should we you are. choose. You know, it's not a requirement, but yes. it always be we won't be getting any from from uh, Zipmints. I'll tell you that. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, and it's okay. We wouldn't take that because he's got four hundred ninety-seven dollars less. The, the less the. No, that's not. Yeah, that's Big Geo though. Yeah, oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, oh yeah, that's right. Anyways, Both of those guys. Right. We've ruined our opportunities. Oh well. Yeah. We'll be back next week for the next episode one forty-nine. Have a safe week, Asif, and thank you all for watching or listening wherever you are. We appreciate your time and effort. And you have a moment. You know, you can go in and rate us inside of iTunes or wherever you got this podcast. Leave a comment. We'll read it on the air. We appreciate it very much, Asif. Until next time. See you later, everybody.